Join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Today, I have the honor of bringing my friend Jennifer McNiven to the Soul of Travel podcast. She grew up in a military family and traveling is in her blood. From an early age, she began to photograph the places she lived as a way to capture the beauty of the world and share it in a personal way. Her passion turned profession as a side career and then became her full-time love after her 13-year career in the neurological medical device industry came to a close. She left that industry because she was feeling burnt out, and I'm sure many of my listeners can relate. In our conversation, we talk about this transition and how a spontaneous trip to Bali became the catalyst to an unplanned five-year journey around the world with her trusty camera capturing the roller coaster of a journey and the amazing people she met along the way. During this time, she was also focusing on inner work and healing trauma. This journey is documented in her book, Mind, Body, Soulmate. While she was seeking a soulmate, what she really found was a beautiful self-love. This exploration was a lengthy, around-the-world adventure filled with community and healing. I love that this book is valuable for so many audiences. It touches on career transition, living your dream, taking brave leaps of faith, self-love, growth, healing, inner journey, and there's laughter and romance sprinkled throughout. Jen now lives in Denver with her boyfriend, Manny, and is a brand photographer with a gift for capturing the essence of a person and what they uniquely bring to their brand. Her journey with self-love is something she brings to these sessions as she guides women to fully embrace themselves. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Jen McNiven. Good morning. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am so happy to be sitting down with my friend Jen today on uh, Soul of Travel for this conversation. And um, I'm going to just start by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself and then um, we will dive into your book and photography and travel and healing and all of these amazing things that we get to talk about today. Yay, all the things that I love. Um, so yeah, hi, I'm uh, Jennifer McNiven. I do go by Jen with one N. Um, and I am a personal brand and lifestyle photographer. And I am also an author of Mind, Body, Soulmate. 
And I have um, been so blessed to be able to travel um, previously for five years um, globally, experiencing this beautiful world and finally settling back here in Colorado for the past, um, gosh, going on three years now. So it's three and a half years actually. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting journey in life and you know, I still love travel and still doing it. I just got back from Tulum, Mexico just two days ago and it was an honor to be able to get out and feel that aliveness again because I so missed it um, with the COVID lockdown. So um, yeah, I'm super excited to be here and share and, um, and help women in any way to fully step into who they are and experience the, the uniqueness of travel themselves. Thank you. Um, I thought that it would be kind of fun to start this conversation with um, how we met, which was so fun. <laughs> but I also just realized that we both landed in Colorado at almost the same time, which I didn't know before. So that's really great. We, I just have been here three years. We, we just keep having more things. I on. know. <laughs> so if you're listening, you'll learn that uh, Jen and I have been connected like all these crazy ways and we just keep finding out more connections every time we talk so it's fun and and how we met I I actually was joking with my friends um right after we met that I was like it was like love at first sight I've never had that connection before um we were at a women's networking event and my friend was telling us that we should connect and we both kind of already were like hearing each other talking and knew that we needed to connect and um, what I was thinking about this morning is that I really loved um, who we are, who we were in that moment, because with both of the journeys that we've been on with like learning to understand our intuition and trust, like that guidance and to be open to receiving and just also trusting our own value like we were able to step into that connection and have fun with that moment. But I was thinking that five years ago, I would have just been like, she seems so cool, but I'm definitely not going to talk to her. Um, and so I just was thinking that, 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 that is really important. And that's um, really, you know, part of your story is that journey and that process to getting to that place. And so um, it just was a really fun reflection to think about, uh, how how these journeys that we're on and how personal growth is so important and the opportunities that we can miss out on if we don't allow ourselves to step into that space and really uh, embrace who we are and love who we are. Yeah, and I mean, that comes with a confidence, you know, and I think so much of finding self-love turns into that confidence, which is like, you know, I mean, if we go back to high school and, you know, kind of like the mean girl scenario, it was like insecurities didn't allow us to share ourselves fully, you know, and as we, you know, I think for me, travel and just getting older and embracing new cultures, um, I find more of a self of sense in that and more self-confidence. Um, and I think that self-confidence allows me just to be who I am and being who I am is the natural state of people being attracted to you, mm -hmm. you know, instead of 
being somebody, you know, like I used to say I was a chameleon and I am, I can still fit into different groups, social um, situations and stuff, but now I'm, I show up as me and I'm not trying to blend into the masses, you know, um, I'm, I'm standing in my own, you know, self. And it's funny because my boyfriend's daughter, she always looks at me and she's just like, you're so crazy, you know? And, and she says it in like the most endearing way. And I'm like, and I love that about myself, Mm -hmm. you know, like I embrace that. Like I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm a little crazy and not in a, in a, in a, you know, nutty sense, but just in the, like, I just put myself out there and in scenarios that a lot of people are uncomfortable doing so. Yeah. I love the differentiation between being a chameleon, which also I was because I was trying to disappear versus being able to adapt to situations, which is you like saying, I know who I am in this situation versus trying to just, uh, either disappear or be uh, meeting everyone else's needs, trying to just be um, amenable to what they, what makes mm-hmm. it easier for them and just kind of be like, okay, I'm just here, but I don't want to inconvenience you in any way. So I will do whatever it is that you wish or, you yeah. know, whatever makes this people pleaser. <laughs> yes. People pleaser. Um, so I, I actually had been thinking about that because I took, um, an Enneagram assessment. And it said that I was, you know, all of these numbers. And then my base was a nine or something, I think. And it, and my friend that I told, she's like, Oh, she's like, do you ever find yourself like trying to fit into all these different roles? And um, it's interesting that you got, like, I got the same score for like a whole bunch of different categories. She's like, it's so interesting. It's like, because you're that identity you innately try to like fit into all these different places. And then I read them again and I'm like, was I trying to be those things because they sound cool or interesting, or I think I should sound that way. And then I like went back through it with that mindset, but it was just an interesting awareness to have. And I also love the idea of um, how you were talking about being a little wild or crazy or, but like owning how fun that is and being able to say, yes, that's just who I am. I was talking with my daughter. She just got like a super funky haircut and got one side really short and one side is long. And she's like, I'm a little nervous that my friends are going to judge me and that they're going to say something. And she's eight. And, um, I said, yeah, they might, but that's really a reflection of, how they feel about your haircut, not how you feel about it. And so you can just say, I love it. It makes me feel great. And like trying to give her a tool to know that, yes, that's likely going to happen. And here's language you can use it to express how you feel about it. And then she was so good. And she has been like a night and day different person since she did it, which has been interesting to witness, um, in a little, a little human in a micro moment of her life of the process of this journey. Yeah. Well, it comes from a strong mama who's, you know, helping her embrace who she is, you know, and that's so powerful because unfortunately that is not how I was raised. I was raised for, you know, like, um, trying to be pretty, you know, my mom put me in beauty pageants and, 
Um, you know, it was all about like your looks. And then if I didn't feel pretty enough, which was, you know, which was how I felt, then I also didn't feel like I fit in. So then I was insecure. And then my insecurities led to people believing I was a certain way versus who I really was. And it's just like this can be a vicious cycle of instead of just learning from an early age, just be who you are and embrace it and stand with confidence in that because you will attract the right people who want to be around you and your energy versus my energy was weak and timid and shy. And even though I was outgoing with my friends, I wasn't necessarily in those social situations where I just, I wanted to be liked. And so I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Um, I didn't want to stand out in any bad way, you know? And so I didn't even know who I really was until, you know, more recently. And I think, you know, part of our conversation today is, is about the traveling aspect of it. And I think stepping out of my comfort zone, experiencing life in a whole new vision um, allowed me to embrace who I am right now. And, you know, now I just own it and people, people see it and they, they love it, you know, and I mean, those who love it, love it, you know, and I'm not saying everybody is going to love it, but those who do, in fact, I posted a video of my boyfriend and I dancing in the rain in Mexico, and you know, it's just like, it's a rain dance, and somebody commented, they're like, you're my most favorite human ever, you know, and it, and it wasn't necessarily, I'm their most favorite human ever, they love the fact that I was just embracing a moment, and sharing it, and having fun with it, because so few of us get to truly do that and so well and that's definitely something that had that drew me to you as well because it's there's still that piece of myself that I am trying to work on and you really embody that like fun and freedom and I think that's what people see when they see a video like that is they're really saying like oh I love that I wish I had that in my life or maybe they do and and really they're just recognizing that in you as well but I have seen that I find myself attracted to people that have a quality that I'm really trying to understand in myself and like they're this mentor for me to be able to to find it um well, I wanted to start with how travel came into your life, which really has been a part of your life, your whole life, because you grew up in a military family um, and you always loved photography. And it was kind of the way that you could capture the beauty of the world and also all of the places that you'd been. Fast forward when you left your um, profession and kind of started seeking self, and this is the beginning of your mind, body, soulmate journey. Um, you started to travel, and as an international photographer, started telling the story of the world. And I love how photography also shows innately your place in the world because the way you take pictures and what you choose to take pictures of tells your story. Um, but what was it like for you to be able to travel so long and, and literally see the world through that lens and start to shape your vision of the world? And can you talk a little bit about what that process was like for you? Yeah, I um. So my background is was physical therapy, and I worked for medical device companies. And so I actually had a five state territory. And I worked the whole Pacific Northwest. And so I traveled a ton as it was. I loved getting out of Seattle with my home base 
and I loved getting out and experiencing different areas. And, you know, with that travel, I earned a lot of airline miles and those airline miles provided me, you know, some tickets to foreign countries. And (laughs) I ended up, um, inadvertently going to Bali. I was sitting with a friend and, you know, she was the same. She was the mentor, the vitality, the life that I saw in somebody who I was seeking out. And I sat with her, you know, for a lunch and she basically was like, look, hearing your story, here are the things. You need to get rid of the guy you're dating. You need to go and travel. (laughs) You need to, um, you know, she's like, you love children and embrace doing that you know, you have the the airline miles and the time go. And it was a Friday afternoon and I booked a ticket for Monday to Bali. And I didn't even know where Bali was. I had heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. I had never read nor seen Eat, Pray, Love. So I wasn't in the club that already knew what was going on. I just knew that this was a place, my cousin was there at the time and he's like, Jen, come, I'll show you around. So I booked it for a month and that was like unbelievable for me to travel for a whole month. You know, like we just aren't, you know, programmed that way. And, you know, I ended up going, experiencing something so profound. It ended up being two and a half months. And then I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm done with trying to fit into the social norm. I am not excited about trying to fit myself back into a corporate world. Um, I did not want to do the medical device sales again. And so I ended up selling everything, moving out of my house and I, um, I moved back to Bali. And I ended up doing my yoga teacher training, which I think was one of the solidifying you know, places that I was allowed to really deepen my own self-practice and dive into who I am. And then being surrounded by all these people who are doing the same thing, embracing who they are, healing themselves, um, you know, full of life. And when you're surrounded by that, you raise up to that level. You know, it's just, I was listening to Abraham Hicks at the time, and it was all about the vortex and being in the high vibration. And I didn't know what that was until I realized like, oh, these are people who are in a high vibration. I want to meet them. You know, it's like tuning in a radio station to 89.1. You're only going to hear what's on 89.1. You know, I wanted to hear what was on 107.7. You know, I wanted to be up there. And so I started changing my dial, tuning in to different things. And that's really where I became, you know, more of who I was. And it wasn't necessarily embraced by those back in the States. They didn't understand what I was doing, what I was going through. And so there was some backlash um, in that, you know, it's like, when are you going to work? When are you going to get a job? And I was like, I'm here. I have my camera with me and there are so many amazing people who, you know, are needing um, photos for themselves because they're quote unquote, like suitcase entrepreneurs, you know, digital nomads. And so that's how I started, you know, embracing the, the brand photography side of things instead of doing weddings and portraits and 
um, what I was previously doing. Um, and I, I loved the fact that I got to work with people in the most amazing um, places. So the travel was inadvertent. It wasn't planned. It was planned for one month and it ended up being five years. So one thing just kind of led to another and I would just, I'm a flow person and I'm not a planner. And so I just went with that and it freaks people out to not plan sometimes. And I'm, I'm the opposite where I feel stifled when there's too many plans. I, I love that um, this kind of speaks to something that I really believe that travel isn't really about escape, but about finding yourself and that you kind of, through your journey, went from one end of the spectrum to the other, like that moment of like, I'm not happy with my life. I booked this ticket. I'm going to go and see what happens in 30 days. And so you were kind of escaping that moment, but then you kind of, you reclaimed it by saying like, I'm choosing not to return to that. And then, then the travel became a, more about this process of growing and understanding who you are and what you want and how you want to connect. And like you said, raising your vibration so that you were connecting with people that really inspired you and continue to help you to grow. Um, I think that's such a power, powerful piece of travel that people really overlook because we we use it as that as that means for escape instead of a time for reflection and connection yeah and I think you know in the western society we we go on vacation because we are so burnt out and when we you know but we have this hurry up and relax mentality you book it for a week you know and you get there and it's like okay relax now and you don't fully get to, in fact, just going to Tulum this last week, my boyfriend, it took him, you know, a good five days to really feel into relaxing and get out of a work mindset. And then we only had three days left, you know, um, but that's how we are programmed to do things. Vacation is only a certain amount of time. And, you know, we go, we have to cram everything in there and then you come back and then you don't necessarily feel refreshed. Um, it's like your soul longs for more. And it's that soul longing for more that people don't listen to. And because it, it's not just the getting away, it's the, oh, there's something about being somewhere else that fills your soul. And that's the thing that, you know, we, we tend to not listen to. Um, we do it, we feel it, and then we come back and then that's it. Um, and there was something about it for me that's like, mm -mm, there's something more to this and I need to, I need to lean into it. Um, and I leaned and leaned and leaned <laughs> and just kept going. Um, yeah, I went to Thailand. Um, I was living in Seattle, not ironically, I'm sure at the <laughs> and decided to quit everything, sell everything, leave, went to Thailand for six weeks um, with a, with a girlfriend. And the only thing we booked was the first night there. And everybody, even on the plane down, they're like, Oh, where are you staying? And like, Oh, we don't know. I mean, we know where we're staying tonight, but not after that. And they're like two girls traveling alone in Thailand. Nobody knows where you're going. You don't know where you're going. They're like, this is a recipe for disaster. And 
we had a, a moment of panic, right? That we're like, oh, maybe we were making the wrong choice, but it was so great to get there and then, you know, have tea with someone the next day who said, this is the island that we were just at. This is what we loved. And we're like, perfect. The next day we booked, you know, a, a bus and a ferry and went to the island and we could stay as long as we wanted. And after like a week or so, someone else told us of another place and we're like, great, this is where we want to go. And we had our guidebook and we kind of knew some areas that we thought we would see if nothing else came up, but it was, and, and looking at it now, it was really an exercise in that trust of self and being like, what feels good? What doesn't feel good? What do I like? What don't I like? Which I had never done before. I had never just been like, is this good for me? No, I'm like checking in with everybody else. So it's good for you and it's good for you and it's good for you. I hate it, but let's do it. <laughs> was really how I operated before that. And so yeah, travel just gave that, me that space and that understanding and it, and it felt so good to operate in that mode and to relax, which was, like you said, it's just so unheard of. Like we yeah. are just, and especially for me, I was perfectionist, people pleaser, straight A student, you know, ready to go to college and keep checking off all of the boxes. And um, when you're in that mode, you just, you never stop and you never question, you just keep moving forward. And um, it can be really scary to stop. So it, I, I think it's really valuable for people to see that it's okay to do that. And it's okay to question and it's okay to say, what about me? <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, there was something where I, you know, I had a Facebook memory pop up the other day and it was just basically I was going through some health issues when I was in Bali and um, like digestion stuff. And, and I basically was just sitting and doing a whole lot of nothing. And I felt so much guilt doing nothing. Like there was shame and guilt around doing nothing. And now I embrace it and I call it the art of doing nothing, you know? So it's, it, there's a beauty in it. There's a beauty in being quiet and listening and tuning in and just allowing yourself to be. And I think one of the biggest things for me when I went to Bali was that when I got there, it felt like a big warm grandma hug you know, and it was just like all oh, the feminine energy there is profound. And we are in this, you know, the States is just a very masculine go do be achieve um, type of energy. And there, I mean, they sit around, they hang on each other, like the men are, you know, they have a little bit more of a feminine energy about them where they bond with one another. They're not like, oh my God, you're a dude and I can't be near you. They're like, totally hugging each other on motorbikes, you know, and it's just like, there's a different softness to that, that just allows your shoulders to relax, you know, it allows you just to breathe in deeper and not be so rigid and structured and, you know, uptight about everything. And so I felt guilt about learning that skill, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. no, I don't, but at the time I was so unfamiliar with it. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that I, I feel that so many of us need, um, you know, and would value more in our life is just to, to be a little bit more. 
Yeah, it is definitely something you have to practice. And I love that you call it, you know, the art of doing nothing, because then it makes you think like you do have to practice it like a yoga mm -hmm. practice. And, um, and I also agree with that energy of Bali and being able to recognize it when I landed there. Well, one, I was told, get ready. You're going to be standing in customs for like two hours to get yeah. into the country. And our flight had been already delayed in Australia for like five hours. And I was so tired. I had just been sitting in the airport waiting and um, I landed and there was no one in the airport. And I walked right up, got my suitcase, me and the few people on our flight, like walked through customs, walked out. And they said, you know, might be hard to find us, but we'll have a sign and, and not, don't pay attention to all the people inside the terminal, go outside the terminal. And I was still inside the terminal and there's no one. And I knew what they're talking about because I've had that experience in other countries. Yeah. And I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> and then I walk out and, you know, there's the one man holding my name yeah. and like three other people. And he's like, I don't know what star you came on, but this is amazing. And I also had that gift through the entire trip. I had someone, we were heading to um, go to do a, a water ritual and he's like, okay, this place is really busy. We need to get here really, yeah. We need to get here really early, um, all of this stuff. And then we pull in and he was like, what? We have rock star parking. No one is here. Literally yeah. no one was there. Yeah. And um, the woman and I that went, we like got into the water by ourselves. It was so crazy. But that combined with like that softness that you're talking about, like it just felt so good. And I think when I travel, I always say I feel really at home. And it's especially in those cultures where where we get to like embrace that feminine energy and stop being so rigid and to relax and to reconnect. And um, I, yeah, Bali offered that in spades for sure. Also, when you're thinking about the energy of a destination, I find myself kind of always being drawn to indigenous cultures um, and really connecting either with artisans or healers because I feel like they are preserving the culture in their practices and it really gives us a great understanding of where we are and who the people are. Um, and I know a part of your mind, body, soulmate journey really included non-traditional healing both in the U.S. and when you were traveling and that they were really integral to your healing process. And I know that's something that not a lot of people have had the, um, the pleasure or the benefit of experiencing. And I was just wondering if you would share a little bit about um, what those practices meant in your journey and how they really tied you to the de destinations and like allowed you to connect to where you were. Yeah, I, I was one of those people that I, I knew nothing about healing. Um, all I knew was talk therapy. And I knew that that's not what was helping me. And I, when I had heard about some of these medicinal plants that I ended up finding, um, you know, I, I knew nothing about them and I actually didn't even research them. There was just something about it that when somebody spoke about it, they told me what the healing properties that were available to me. I, my soul leaned into it. It was like, yes, scary as shit, but something that my body was like, this is, this is what you need. 
And so I ended up finding um, Peruvian or Amazonian medicine called ayahuasca. Um, I've also um, worked with Cambo, which is a frog medicine. Um, I have worked with Wachuma and Vilca and Bobinsana and, <laughs> and all of these really, truly amazing plants. And each of them have their own properties for healing. And I had never done drugs. I was never one to experiment. Um, but in a lot of people, they were like, why do you need to do drugs to heal? And they're not drugs. They're actually medicine. And they do so by healing. Now, do they elicit certain um, like hallucinogenic type of responses? Many of them, yes. Um, but they do so while bringing in spirit bringing in your other um, worldly sense of who you are, connecting you to source. Um, and that is where the healing begins. And so um, I was in a retreat in Peru for two weeks, working with the Amazonian shamans doing ayahuasca, which to me, they call it the grandmother, or the mother, um, plant, but it's all of like the internal knowing karma family, um, you know, the generational, you know, stuff that is passed down. And it's kind of like your inside coming out, like all of the inside knowledge coming out. Um, so profound, um, scary, beautiful, enlightening, healing. Um, and I could do a whole talk just about um, plant medicine work. And then the other one that was kind of the major one was Wachuma or San Pedro. It's a cactus plant. And that's like all of the outside worldly knowledge coming in. Um, so one is done in the nighttime where it's kind of a soul self journey. Um, and the shamans are playing music and they're kind of helping elicit the medicine to stimulate a response within you. Now, it only happens if you're ready. I mean, there was a gentleman that was there for all four nights that we sat in ceremony um, and nothing ever happened for him. Now, for me, it was profound. I had eight hours of a ceremony. Um, you know, so there's a lot of work going on in that time frame. What was so amazing for me was that we got to work with the locals. We got to see how the, the plant naturally grew in the Amazon, how they found it, how it came to be. It's been used as a practice for thousands of years. Um, it's, it's not necessarily legal in the US. There are some, um, I think it's called this, I'm gonna butcher it, um, but there is a church that practices with the medicine, but it is of the culture. And we got to find the plants. We got to make it ourselves. We got to beat the, the vine and bless it. Um, so it was a very ceremonious act something that we are so unfamiliar with here in the mm -hmm. US. Um, and so I think the travel for me wasn't just so much that I was doing healing work, is that I was literally connecting with the land, connecting with the people, connecting with culture and history. There was so much history in this and just being privileged to um, have that opportunity was something that was so 
so unbelievably profound for me. And I came back a different person. You know, again, people didn't understand it. People judged it. And then once I started talking about it, it's like all of a sudden it's the most popular thing out there right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, now it's a popular word. Um, now I hear about it all the time. And I know so many people who have done it or want to do it um, or something of the practice. I've also done medicinal mushrooms um, and some other type of um, medicinal practices that allowed me to deal with the trauma. I had PTSD, I had anxiety, um, you know, I had some depression and all of those things were just totally weighing me down to where I didn't know what self-love even was because I was dealing with all this other stuff. And then because I was able to unravel that, it allowed me to live in that new vibration and to project that out to the world so that in turn I was finding other people who were aligned with me like you you know so and you know my my current boyfriend I mean he was on that high level vibration too and he's like oh I see this in you I see this magic in who you are he calls me this lush and luscious garden of beauty where he's like you just see everything in the world that's beautiful and you point it out and it's because I needed new eyes you know, I needed those new eyes to see. Um, and in doing all of that, that healing work, it allowed me that opportunity to do so. As you were speaking, I just was thinking about this transition from being a person who was constantly hiding to a person who constantly wants to be truly seen. And like, what a huge journey that is. And I also recognize it. And it's, um, it's so interesting to move through that process and then you have that moment in the middle where you're like dealing with maybe a little bit of shame about wanting to be seen because you've spent so much time hiding and you've been conditioned to think that the people who want to be seen are needy or demanding or are you know not they're not showing their truest self they're just projecting something that every that uh, people are attracted to, um, especially maybe in popular culture and things like that. And um, so I, I just love that. Like, that's a huge arc to go through and, um, and then to meet someone, which, you know, was kind of the thread of your book was this idea of, of, you know, healing your mind, reconnecting to your body and really looking for a person that would see that in you. But then through the journey, really what happened is that you fell in love with yourself and became open to meeting that person. So I just think that is such a, um, an incredible shift. And so I, I love, uh, love seeing that. And for anybody listening, thinking about like, if they're, if you're on that cusp of feeling like I want more connection. I want to be seen as who I really am to just like dare to sit with the discomfort and go for it because the other side is amazing. It's hard, but like the best ever. <laughs> and, you know, in my, in my book, at the end of each chapter, there are those questions to help people self-reflect you know, my story is not going to be anybody else's story. They might see aspects of themselves. And that's the whole point is to be like, this happened 
to me, these were my situations, but you might've had something different, but you can resonate. You can feel that same energy about it. And then there's self-reflection questions at the end so that it, it kind of, you know, gets your whole system riled up so that you're feeling like, wow, okay, yeah, I do need to, um, you know, step out of my comfort zone a little bit more so that I can see what is available to me so that I can embrace um, who I really am without the expectations of others. And granted, I, I was in a place where I wasn't married and I didn't have kids. Um, and so that also was a reason that I was able to go freely as I did. Um, so I recognize that that's not gonna be other people's situations. But there are things that you can do just even within your day-to-day. Um, stepping outside the comfort zone, trying something new. And I've listed a ton of those things in my book um, you know, that, that I didn't even know about, you know, it's like, you don't know what you don't know until somebody tells you or shows you. And so these are my ways of like helping people be like, Hey, do you know about this or this happens? And, um, yeah. just to help people kind of stretch themselves. Mm -hmm. And even if you do know, you may have forgotten. Mm -hmm. And I remember working with someone that was we were talking about, you know, what, what does make you happy? What, what do you find pleasure in? And she's like, write a list. And my like first response was, well, that's ridiculous. Of course I know. And then I started to write the list. I was like, hmm, you're not doing those things. I have no idea. <laughs> or yes, then I'm writing the things down and I'm like, nope, haven't done that in like five years. Nope. Haven't done that in 10 years. Nope. I don't ever do that anymore. And um, yeah, so I, I love the, the process of reflecting. And really, I think that's where a lot of people begin this healing journey is just starting to write down some, something as simple as a list of things that bring them happiness. And then checking to see, am I living a life that gives me access to any of these things? And it doesn't mean you have to sell everything and move to Bali, but it does mean like, if you love yoga and you're not practicing yoga, how can you do that? Can you, you know, take an online class? Can you join a studio? Can you, um, where can you bring that into your life and then notice what shift happens because you put that practice into place? And um, so I, I think that when people hear about healing, one, if you if you're just becoming aware for the first time really scary it's intimidating it's confusing um but i would love for people to just think that it's accessible to them wherever they are and it can be as a simple start and then um kind of like we were saying before like you'll start attracting what you need next and um, similar to the medicinal ceremony if you're not ready it's not going to work i've done certain things certain exercises a million times and then like the 10th time like, oh, and then I'm like, why didn't I get it before? It's so clear now. <laughs> um, it's having a conversation with somebody who you admire, who is in that space. And that was the catalyst for me. I didn't need permission for somebody to tell me to go travel, but there was something in that permission being given. And I was ready, clearly, because I said yes. You know, and maybe that's all you need 
to get that ball rolling is to have that conversation with somebody who you do admire reach out to them and and ask to have a coffee or a virtual date or whatever and and just have those conversations because people are so willing to to be open and share and and help promote that you know shift in life yeah I think especially if you're reaching out to someone who you feel like is further on that journey than you I can almost guarantee that they want you there. Like when you started feeling that and experiencing that, you really do want everyone to have that same feeling because it's impactful and powerful. Um, I know for you, you, when you were traveling, you started uh, photographing some women's retreats and that was another kind of catalyst for awareness for you. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what that, where, where that landed in your journey and what awareness is that created for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the retreats I was invited on because, um, one, I was the photographer. So I was capturing all of those intimate, um, kind of transformational moments and then also teaching yoga. So really helping people tune into their body. So I teach a yoga called myofascial yin yoga, which is using tennis balls and, or lacrosse balls to really deepen the yin part of yoga and tune into yourself. So there's nothing like shoving a ball in your hip and laying there for three minutes with this intense sensation to get you to really be present you know, to like really focus inwards. And so a lot of the retreats I was doing that, I was helping teach that practice of tuning in. And in my photography, it's like, I see the details, like that is my forte. I love all the nuances, the details, the emotion, the moments. And in doing that, it was so profound for me to witness the connection between women to the feminine, the honoring one another. Like I had never had people honor who I was as a woman, you know, growing up, they were your friends, but they weren't like blessing you and saying sweet, amazing, beautiful things um, and seeing you for who you are, but also that you get to reflect that back to others. Um, there's so much shifting that happens. And, you know, I went on a retreat to Morocco and one of the things that we had to do was name something that you wanted to see throughout the day that was going to give you a sign, you know, and mine was an actual word. Like we're in Morocco, the words there are going to be more or less in Moroccan, (laughs) you know, but other people would choose like a seashell or a heart shape or whatever. And you go throughout the day and your awareness shifts you know, like you're tuning into things that are different. And the word that I found was um, Ben Youssef and it was above a a school. So it was B-N-Y-O-U-S-S-E-F or something like that. And to me, it said, be yourself. You know, it wasn't literal. It was just seeing things in a different way. And so on those retreats, there's just so many little nuances and connecting and gathering and sharing. Sharing is huge. Um, listening to other people's stories and transformations. And, you know, I was just really privileged to be able to capture that, be a part of it, and also share what I had to offer. Um, So it was kind of this, you know, like, I got so much out of it, and I offered so much as well. 
um, which was so powerful. And so I want to continue doing that once the world kind of opens back up into that retreat space, um, because I love helping people find those moments as well. Yeah. And for anyone listening, when the world does open up, <laughs> Jen and I will Peru. hopefully be headed to Peru. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to be there last June. And, um, and I actually, I kind of love that. I don't love that we didn't go, but I kind of love that we didn't because our relationship has grown since then and our connection. And we started off in the place of, oh, it'd be great if you could do photography and teach yoga. Right. Um, and now I, I just think that we will have so much to offer whoever joins us on that journey as, um, you know, kind of the team that we have become in this process. And so I'm really excited for that. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, put it on your list that hopefully, you know, not this June probably, but next June we'll be leading a sojourn there. Um, and you were mentioning that you really focus on the details. And I know that you have a unique style of brand photography that really captures the essence of the person and then what they bring to their brand and their business because of who they are. I remember seeing kind of behind the scene photos of um, a woman, I think who was a painter Mm -hmm. and there was a picture of her just like covered in paint. And I was like, that's the most amazing brand photography because I get it. And I connect to her so much through that image versus seeing a picture of, you know, her and maybe paintbrushes or something like there was just a different spin on it. And then I know you've taken that process and kind of amplified it. And we've talked about being seen a lot in this conversation, but you've taken like that, that moment of being seen to another level with your raw photography sessions that you're doing. And I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about what that experience is for the women who are being um, photographed and then how that really becomes a part of their inner journey. And it's like bringing all of these pieces of yourself together into your brand and this experience. Yeah, so the RAW photos um, stands for real authentic women, Um, but it's also just to show your RAW self. Like, who are you? Um, Women want to be seen. They want to be noticed for who they are, but they're scared. You know, they're scared to step in front of a camera. They're scared to um, value themselves. I think that's the most profound thing is when women, you know, put down some money to do something that is going to be life-changing, scares them a little. They don't feel worthy enough of it. And I love bringing women to that space of worthiness and seeing themselves for who they are. And so the the photography isn't about the photos. It's about the experience. From the minute that they fill out a questionnaire to the phone call to putting down a deposit and saying, yes, I'm going to do this. Every single little moment is an inner shift. There's something going on inside their body and their brain, planning out the clothing, you know, knowing that they're going to have hair and makeup done, um, looking at photos that they might want to look like for themselves. Um, it all shifts them internally. And so getting to the day of the photo shoot, you know, normally people are nervous. I did my own personal one recently and I felt the nerves myself. Um, But getting there and just, um, I think what I'd like people to know is that they're interacting with me. My camera is just a tool. 
you know, but like, I'm playful, I'm fun, you know, like we like to have music and, you know, if you want a, a cocktail or some coffee or whatever it is, just to kind of bring you into the space of um, just feeling who you are and uh, just embracing all the, the aspects. And so a good portion of it ends up being somewhat boudoir, um, but Another portion of it is just wearing something fun and sassy or playful. And when they get the reveal of these images, I had a lady, but at the end of it, she's like, I had so much fun and this was really amazing. She's like, but I want you to know that I'm super critical of my photos and I probably won't like any of them. It has nothing to do with you, but I won't like any of them. And she walked in and saw her photos in tears, you know? And so it was just like, She's like, okay, I get it. Like <laughs> you actually see people for who they are. And she's like, I am beautiful. And those are amazing. And I remember her jumping up at one um, picture and just going, holy shit, that's gorgeous. You know, and, I, and she's like, you made me look so pretty. And I'm like, I didn't made you anything. You did it. I was just there holding a camera and capturing who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't make people look a certain way you know yes I know how to angle and pose in those things but it's still you Mm -hmm. and so I just want people to embrace that but also to take away those images for the rest of their life to reflect on that beauty not only on the outside but within Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's super powerful for me and the the testimonies that come from that are like page pages of you know the written word and just them expressing you know their down and out story is typically how a lot of them are to just feeling worthy enough to step into something that is so powerful for them and so I really love that and my new thing that I'm going to be doing that you know will will happen more or less next year but is taking those sessions globally and having the full experience saying, hey, I'm going to Paris for a weekend and here's your chance to do some amazing photo shoot for yourself in Paris. Who wants to join? We'll have, you know, like three or four spots. And because I want people to not only feel the excitement of the travel, but the excitement of who they really are in that space. Um, so I'm excited to, to bring that out in the near future um, when it feels comfortable for people to do so. But I just want women to love themselves in all their glory and all their squishy, you know, wrinkles and stretch marks and cellulite and, you know, the non-perfect shape. I want them just to own it and love it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Um, I love so much about how you talked about people really understanding their worth and that process. And I was thinking that it's so similar to people not wanting to book a Lotus Sojourn, that they don't want to invest the time and the money and commit to themselves. And they are not sure what they're going to get out of it. And is it worth it? And like, much like you, I feel like Uh, the marketing thing is like, just say yes, like, it's going to be so good for you. I promise. Um, and it's so hard to say yes. Like that's the hardest thing for us as women to do is to say yes to something like that for ourselves. And, um, and I, I can 
I can relate to what that journey through photography and your inner journey would be like as well. And so um, I just, I love that, that, that is mirrored. Like we both just want women to know their value and their worth and to be authentic and true to themselves. And you do it through photography and I do it through travel. And, um, but it's all about that inner journey and using this other tool to get there. Um, yeah, I always say like parents have no problem dropping a couple grand on their kids soccer team, you know, like that's like a no brainer for them. Oh, it's, you know, two grand for you to do soccer for the spring. Okay, here it is. But for them to do something like that for themselves seems just like off the charts. And it's like, why not? You are so worth it. You are so worth being investing in yourself. It's not just a photo shoot. This is a full inner transformation of how you see yourself. But also sharing that. So most of the women that I've done these photo sessions with have uh, daughters. And so for them to step into who they are and share that with their daughters, like just think of how that's going to impact them as well. It's not just a selfish thing at all. And it's not for somebody. It's not like for your boyfriend or for your husband or your girlfriend or whatever. It is for you. And that's what's so powerful is just doing something for yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Well, for, as we start to wrap up the conversation for people that are interested in learning more about participating in those sessions or getting on the wait list for your, uh, I don't know, raw travel experiences, (laughs) name it right now. Um, How can they find you and how can they connect with you? Yeah. um, It's easy. JenniferMcNiven.com is my website. There's contact info in there. I am easily accessible on Facebook. So you can find me there at Jennifer McNiven as well. Um, and yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm all over the social media. So you can find me there. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'll be, yeah, I'll be sharing more about those, those travels and um, branding sessions as well. If you're just wanting to be visible online for your business. Um, and then of course, family, family photos are always fun too. Um, but I'm, I'm really passionate about the branding and the, and the raw sessions. So. Yeah. And your book is available on Amazon, right? On Amazon Kindle. So it's not in paperback. I say yet it's already been, it'll be two years coming up in a couple of weeks that it's been available, but um, I just haven't got myself around a paperback yet. So one of these days, but yeah, on Kindle it's available. Excellent. Um, And to close, we're going to just play with a few rapid fire questions that are really focused on who you are as a traveler and might inspire people to I don't know, learn something new. So um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Mine. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I was going to say it. And you can't say yours. <laughs> um, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, Eat, Pray, Love was a good one after the fact, you know, like, um, but yeah, I... I think that was a good one just for people to to step out of their their normal thought process to to get to go out and experience things. I, I've actually had an interesting journey with that book and then movie because I read it so long ago and I, I remember reading it thinking, never, right? And then I watched the movie and I read and I was like, please. And then I just watched it again literally last weekend and I was like, oh, I want more. Like I've gone through this whole like 
journey within within that movie. Um, what is always in your suitcase? Oh, flip flops. <laughs> my camera. Um, actually, it's not my foot. My iPhone has is mainly with me. So, um, but I don't have anything too special that I take a sarong. I'll do that. My sarong. It travels with me everywhere. Yeah, that is really versatile, actually, because it can keep you warm mm -hmm. on the plane, keep bugs yeah. off, keep yeah. sun off. Um, what is your favorite destination? Oh, I mean, as much as Bali is, um, my soul is longing to return to New Zealand, um, but also Peru. Uh, where do you still long to visit? Um, Africa. I haven't been to, I mean, I've been to Morocco, but I really want to go to South Africa and Safari. Um, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? Oh, um, fruits like rambutan or durian or mangosteen. Um, I love tropical exotic fruits. Yeah, I was going to say those are so luxurious and it's so fun to walk through the market and just see them there like they're normal, which is not normal for us, but it is. <laughs> Um, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Uh, Trina. Trina was the girl that gave me the permission to do so. Yeah. And if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, past or alive, who would it be? Ooh. Oh, hon. My grandma. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, but I would love to experience that with her and she's since passed, but I think yeah. it'd be cool. Really, really cool. I echo that. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for, for allowing that to be shared with us. Um, when I went to Guatemala, the spirit of my grandmother took that trip with me. <laughs> oh yeah she's with me in all of my gifts like but I would I would yeah. love to do it with her especially where I am now because I think she was waiting for me to become this version of myself and I'm sad that she missed it so. <sighs> well thank you I know of course are you kidding we almost did we almost did I yeah I would have been surprised um, well, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And I know so many people are going to be inspired and um, I hope we'll take action in even the, the smallest of ways to step onto this, to this path. And um, I can't wait until we are traveling together and sharing this with other women. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, 
offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.